Hey everyone, and welcome to Scrambling with Dylan Otto, a podcast where the listeners can hear, learn, and laugh about my life in the golf world and other numerous topics with guests on the show. Tune in every week for insight and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto, featuring this week's guest, Mackenzie Tour player, Colton Lapa. Colton, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on the podcast. Yeah, man. It's, it's so glad, you know, we met over in the Bakersfield Open, and it's going to be great to kind of chat with you, get to know you a little more, and tell the world about, you know, who Colton Lapa is. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get straight into the first question here. Where are you from, and how'd you get into the game of golf? Yeah, so I uh, grew up in Mesa, Arizona. Um and I was always a baseball player. I played golf when I was um, when I was real little, but then it was mainly just baseball, playing club baseball. And um, one summer, uh, I was probably around 12 or 13, my best friend signed up for a junior golf clinic. He's like, hey, man, like, you want to do this with me? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And so the whole summer, we just spent it at the golf course. And uh, I fell back in love with the game. I loved how... Um, if you worked really hard, your game obviously improved um, yeah. and you were just alone out there. There was no one else going to save you. And so if you're playing well, it's up to you to continue to play well. Um, and then it's unlike baseball where, you know, you can go four for four and still lose the game. But in exactly. golf, it's all individual. And so uh, no one's going to take you off the bump if you're pitching bad. So you just got to figure out a way to grind it out. So um, loved that. And then uh I grew up playing Longbow Golf Club, which hosts the Heather Farr, which is an AJGA. Yeah. Um, grew up out there and then obviously went and played college golf. And um, yeah, so that's kind of uh, where I grew up and how I kind of got into it. Yeah, awesome. And uh, so, I mean, you said, you know, you played played baseball before, you know, you played golf and everything. And that's one thing I really liked about it as well was, like you said, you could go four for four. You could play your absolute heart out. And, you know, a guy drops up pop fly in the outfield and the game's over and you're like, and I just worked so hard for all this. Like what the yeah. hell? <laughs> yeah, no, I remember I, for whatever reason, this one game always uh, comes back to me and uh, I had gone four for four. I was pitching. We were up by two runs and I was closing out the game and uh, I threw one down the middle. He hit it right to the shortstop, shortstop um, kind of muffed it a little bit, threw it over the first base and said, we ended up losing the game. And I was oh. just like, I mean, holy cow. I know you're like 13, 12 or whatever, but like back then you're like, you want to win everything. Oh and yeah. So, um, just like you said, you can, you can have a great game, but golf is so individual and that's what I love about it. And I've always been a grinder. I love to go practice and I love being out there just by myself. And uh, that's just one of the things I love about golf. Same, man. I couldn't agree more. And uh, so as you progress and everything, did you play in high school? What were your high school days like? And where did you go to high school? Yeah, so I was actually homeschooled. Kind of oh, okay. So I was homeschooled all the way until college, which is wow. Uh, okay. So I, I did not go to high school. I was homeschooled, but I did play for a high school. I played for Red Mountain High School. Okay. Um, started playing for them in 2009. I should have been I played freshman year at Skyline and then I transferred because all my friends were over at Red Mountain. So transferred there and then played, uh, played over there and we won state in 2010. Yeah. We won the state championship in 2010. Um, and I was really blessed with a really good team. We had probably 
10 guys or so, but six of them went to go on to play like college golf. Oh, sick. And That's so we nice. Were, yeah, we were kind of stacked. Um, so it made the the practices, the qualifiers, everything like that, super competitive. Um, and we just had a great group of us over at Red Mountain. That's, you know, that's one thing. Um, I've had a lot of guys that are from, you know, Southern California area, and obviously you're from Arizona area and, you know, different, different kind of golfers in those areas, man. And uh, that's great that you're able to have such a, a great high school team, because I mean, you could have a team that just, you know, a bunch of screw offs that are there just to, you know, they're not there for the same reasons as you are. And, exactly. uh, and that's and, why I went to Skyline. And then, you know, that's kind of how it was. Everyone was kind of just there to play golf. And I was like, no, like, I want to win a state championship. And everywhere I've gone, I've always wanted to win the next thing. Like, I want to win the state championship in high school with my team. I wanted to win the national championship with my college team. Yeah. And then obviously want to win as an individual now that I'm playing pro. And that's the thing. You just got to surround yourself with guys that are also motivated for the same dream. And so, um, obviously saw that at Red Mountain High School, saw all my friends having fun over there. So made the decision to go over there and play. And I was very thankful I was because, uh, Rich Hamilton was the head coach mm. and he took this, this father-like figure to me and I still talk to him to this day. And we always exchange texts and everything like that. And it was one of the best decisions I've ever had is to go play at Red Mountain just cause I've grown and, um, had so many friendships and relationships that have grown from there. That's awesome. And that's amazing that you're able to have, that you're able to have that. And you kind of talked about your home course a little bit. They host an AJGA tournament. Speaking of AJGA tournaments, you know, what kind of tournaments were you playing outside of high school golf? Yeah. So I played a lot of uh, JGA, which is mm-hmm. junior golf association of Arizona or Arizona association. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was mainly just that in AJGA. There was a few other tournament circuits out there, but they were a little bit more expensive. And so I never mm. really wanted my parents to pay that. Um, yeah. And AJGA at the time was also expensive. It's just, it's crazy. Those junior golf tournaments. Insane. Um, but no, those were the two main ones, AJGA and JGA um, played a lot of local stuff. Um, I didn't travel too much. I went to Nebraska. I went to Texas um, for a few AJGAs, but that was, that was really about it. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so as you progress and you played in these junior, you know, you played high school, you played these junior events, when it came down to time to start the recruiting process, how did you go about that? I mean, kind of talk about how, how you went about that. Yeah. So my swing coach at the time was Jeff Fisher. Um, and when I was a sophomore in high school, he told me right away that you need to start emailing because back then, like texting wasn't really a thing. Like mm-hmm. we couldn't text our you know coaches that we wanted to go to. So you had to email. And so I, I'll never forget this. I emailed University of Texas. That was my dream school. All and right. Like, yeah. In sophomore year of high school, my scores were not there. Mm-hmm. And like looking back, he was recruiting Jordan Spieth around the same time that he would have been recruiting me. So I was huh. like, yeah, I can see like why I didn't go to Texas. <laughs> like you got Spieth together. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, but, you might as well though. I mean, the worst thing they're going to do is either not respond or say no. So hey, throw it out there. Hey, Trust me, I know all about that. So <laughs> I went through uh, emailing. Um, I did it more going into my junior year of high school. I started just emailing every single college out there, just seeing what they had. Um, and my my scores junior year were there, um, but I really caught fire junior year going into senior year. Senior year, I won six times. Um, nice. So it kind of caught fire, but I had already committed 
to the University of Nebraska. Yeah. And I started getting a bunch of um, scholarship offers from other schools because I hadn't signed yet. Mm-hmm. But I've always been someone to kind of keep my word and keep my commitment. And yeah. so I wanted to keep that and honor that. So um, I decided to go to the University of Nebraska, but it was all done through email. Um, a lot of phone calls. It's kind of funny. Like you do a lot of cold calling back. Oh then yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. The, the junior golfer and you just call these coaches and most of the time they don't answer and you leave a voicemail and you know, they don't really call you back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, um, that's just kind of how it goes. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So university of Nebraska was on my radar and I obviously committed there and ended yeah. up going there. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about your time there. I know it was kind of little shorter than than uh you know kind of ideally but talk about that the time that you played there and what it was like playing for university of nebraska yeah it was great it was uh it was fun the atmosphere was really good as far as athletics they treat athletes at the university of nebraska like no other i remember showing up on campus and they had training table um Mm -hmm. and so it was an athlete only cafeteria and it was in the stadium in the food was insane like (laughs) tuesday night they had pasta bar and then they had steaks and um fish and fillets and like just everything you could possibly imagine they had that's clean living there huh (laughs) it was unreal they treat their student athletes like the world um so that was really cool that was one thing that drew me in yeah Um, and then obviously the football games like nebraska were really cool but as far as golf, um, the schedule wasn't as competitive as I was hoping it would be. We mm-hmm. played a lot of good courses and good tournaments, but as far as playing against the best players in the world, we just weren't doing that. Yeah. Um, and I found kind of the same thing that I was talking about in high school. I just didn't feel like I had the motivation um, around me to kind of push me to the next step. And so I went there. I had a great freshman year. Um, I was Big Ten player of the week twice I had some really good finishes some top 25 finishes um and then I was looking at transferring after my freshman year um asked the coach coach had said no and so I was like okay so I went back for my sophomore year and again I played well and then in the middle of my sophomore year I was like coach you know what like I'm just really not that happy here yeah you're a great guy there's nothing there's nothing wrong with you like I'm happy but I just want to be in a more competitive environment yeah, of course. So, um, got granted the ability to transfer. And then I looked at going to Washington state, Oregon, Baylor, and Arizona, and then, uh, took a visit to Washington state. And then when I was there, just something drew me to Arizona. The coach was really nice Mm -hmm. to me and, uh, yeah, decided to go down to Tucson. Yeah. I mean, you can play golf year round at university of Arizona. So, I mean, that's pretty nice as well. And and you got all the golf courses in the world there. I mean, mine as well. (laughs) It also didn't help when I went to my visit at Washington state, it was covered in snow. Oh yeah. So I had just went from Nebraska that was covered in snow. (laughs) I went to Washington state and I was like, you know what, this is the same thing. I'm going to be hitting balls inside. Like it's going to be grinding. Like I could go to Arizona and it's perfect outside all the time. All the time. And so it's kind of a no brainer. And I was only two hours away from home. So I could see my family a little bit more often. Um, And so, yeah, it was kind of a no brainer come back to Arizona. So, I mean, talk about what, I mean, you, you didn't feel as comfortable at University of Nebraska. You wanted that more competitive kind of environment. And, d- you know, how did your time at uh, University of Arizona go? 
It was awesome. Yeah, it was great. I have some friendships that will last for the rest of my life. And uh, it was a really competitive team. It was a big team. I think we had like 15 guys, 14 oh, wow. guys on the team. So it was a big team. So it was very competitive. Qualifying and, was uh, very competitive, I bet. Yeah, I know. And so, no, we had a good time. It was, I wish we were a little bit better than we were at the time. Right now, they're great. Their team <laughs> is killing it. Yeah, um, yeah they're doing real good but, right now. Yeah, we just didn't have the finishes um, that we wanted when we were there. But overall, I enjoyed my time. The coaches were great. Um, I still have great relationship with both coaches. Um, just the ability to play any golf course we wanted down in Tucson was was yep. so nice. And there's some really good golf courses down there. Um, we played a pretty competitive schedule. And uh, no, overall, it was great. Um, and I... I I know I made the right decision going. Yeah, there. definitely. And then, well, and then, I mean, you got ASU right in your guys' neighborhood. I mean, I'm sure, you know, that's, that's gotta be a pretty good rival there. And yeah. I mean, they're, they're a really good team as well. So, I mean, I mean, you have great competition, not only around your, in your team, you know, but you got ASU and then you guys, all the teams that you guys play with in those tournaments. I mean, that's big schools there. And I mean, just, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you had a good, you know, I had solid scoring averages and, you know, from what it sounded like, like you said, you made the right decision. So, I mean, it's nice. It's nice knowing that you made that switch and you made, you know, you went through that whole process and it didn't suck even worse or, you know what I mean? It didn't right. really, right. It didn't really go to the pits, but. Uh, no, yeah, exactly. When we played, I mean, we played against guys that are all on tour now, like um, played against Rom all the time, played mm -hmm. against yeah. Wattler, Scotty Scheffler, like we were playing against like top level guys and that's oh, yeah. what I wanted. And that was the whole reason I went to Arizona is to get that more competitive environment. And uh, I did that. And I was very happy that we were playing against the best players in the world. And it's fun to turn the TV on now and see those guys playing on tour. But I know inside, like I want to be joining them out there too one day. Right. So, um, yeah. They got a little head start on me, but um, I'm hoping to work my way up there. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. And you know, it's funny. I've talked to a couple guys and uh, they say the same thing, you know, they see their buddies and stuff up there and they're like, you know, they wonder, you know, why isn't that me or they're, you know, they're still grinding it out. So, um, you know, just meeting you a couple times and watching your game down in Bakersfield, man, I'm sure you'll get there and uh, you're, you're a great ball striker, man. So keep it great, you know, keep the work up. Thank you. Yeah. It's uh, I know, I know that I can get there. It's just a, it's a process. And I've said this all yeah. the time. But I know that my time will come. I just don't know when it will be, but mm -hmm. I know that I have the work ethic. I have the mentality to make it to the next level. You just have to stay extremely patient um, and just wait for your time to happen. Of course, of course, man. And um, so you, you, know, you talked a little bit about the golf at University of Arizona. Kind of talk about, you know, what, what was it like academically out there? What was it like, you know, the campus and kind of your, your life outside of golf, I guess is what I'm saying. How was that? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, a party yeah <laughs> well yeah yep, <laughs> yep. Uh, no we had a we had a really good time I remember we would we'd go out pretty often and um academically like it, it was great what's surprising is the University of Nebraska and I don't know if it was because I was homeschooled or not but I went from you know not being in a classroom mm -hmm. to going to the University of Nebraska going to class doing homework all that stuff and I yeah. found it so challenging and then I was there for a year and a half and I was like, man, school's hard. Like this is crazy. 
<laughs> and then I went to Arizona and I don't know what this was, but like school became so much easier. And I was okay. like, man, maybe I'm down in Tucson now. And like campus is bigger. Maybe yeah. they're like a little more lenient, but yeah. um, no, it was great. I did econ when I was down at Arizona. Oh, okay, um, yeah. A lot of business classes and stuff like that. But uh, no, it's a, it's a great school. It's a, it's a good campus. Um, athletics is obviously big there with basketball and they're trying to get football back. But what's fun is um, the entire athletic department was so uh, connected. And so we hung out with baseball players all the time, softball players. Like we were all like hanging out with other sports, which was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, outside of golf, we had a golf house down in Tucson. So, we, you know, guys would come over, we'd crack open a couple of beers, we'd watch the golf on the TV and, there you know, you we would just chill. It was nothing crazy, but it was just an environment that was super relaxed. And it was one that, you know, I look back and I miss and I wish I would have, um, I wish I would have enjoyed it more mm -hmm. when I was there rather than being so stressed out with, you know, college golf qualifying schoolwork everything like that right for people that are listening if you're in college like just enjoy it because you'll look back and think like man some of that sucked but like it was really fun <laughs> yeah you know and it's funny because um you know a lot of people have told me that as well you know because i'm looking forward to getting a job again working in the golf industry and they're like you know you, you got the rest of your life to work and uh, yeah. so really enjoy your your time in college right now so i mean What's, that's great that's great to tell the listeners that what's funny is like everyone tells you that they're like oh your four years are gonna go so fast and like you're gonna wish you missed college and i think like yeah whatever like this yeah. sucks like i'm grinding in school like this this sucks but i do i i look back and i'm like wow like that was pretty fun because you're surrounded by so many people and so many friends that you know you lose touch with over the over years and um you look back and you're just like wow that was that was pretty cool yeah of course and that's great that you're able to, you know you're able to have that experience and for the listeners out there i mean that's something that you really look for if you are, you know, if you have a selection of schools and stuff, just make sure you get a school that you're really going to enjoy being at, you know, something that yeah. you're really comfortable, um, you know, yeah. not only playing golf there, but we know we all have lives outside of golf. And so, um, I mean, you really want to really make it as enjoyable as possible. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, so as your college career was kind of coming to an end and stuff, what was the plan for after college? Had you always wanted to play professional golf? Kind of talk about how you went about that. Yeah, so it was kind of a journey. So I finished up and um, I wanted to turn pro, but you know, I put a spreadsheet together and um, I was adding up that it was probably going to cost about sixty to seventy thousand dollars to play a full schedule. And yeah. with my bank account, and obviously that's not in there. And so <laughs> I didn't want to make mom and dad have to pay for that. And uh, it was just going to be a grind. And I had known other friends that had done it on their own money and you know you just run out of money and it's stressful playing in tournaments and playing on your money and if you miss a cut like you know it's tough and so I uh I was like okay I'll go coach college golf now okay uh, yeah and I'll go coach and then I'll play on the side and earn some money save up and then I'll turn pro so I applied to Colorado State had a phone interview with the men's coach there coach Newton mm -hmm. and uh then I went and caddied for my friend Max Rotluff, who played at Arizona State up on nice. the 
uh, McKenzie tour. So I went and caddied for him for a little bit to try and figure out what I was going to do. When I was up there, I got a phone call from the University of Denver women's coach, Lindsay Cool. And she said, uh, a friend of mine um, down at Tucson on the women's side, Laura Ionello, said that you're a great guy, that you'd be a good coach. Would you have any interest coaching at the University of Denver? And I was like, yes, like absolutely. But it was on the women's side. So I was like, absolutely. I'd love to do it. I just want to turn pro eventually. So I want to, you know, continue to play and stuff. And she was like, no, that's great. Like, I'd love for you to play with the girls, like show them shots, everything like that. So went and caddied for Max at the Colorado Open, went for an interview when I was there, got offered the job on the spot. And so I took it. And so great. I, uh, I didn't turn pro for three years later. So I coached um, at the University of Denver uh, for two years. And then I went and coached at the University of Nebraska for one year as the associate women's coach. So I was back in Nebraska and uh, I was going to this fitness studio, Orange Theory. It was right down the road. So I'd go there, work out every day. And I would just stay after class and talk to one of the members. And him and I got really close and um, just chatted about the workout, stuff like that. So, so on. And he he reaches out. He's like, Hey, would you give me and my wife a golf lesson? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So we go out to the range, give him a lesson, do a little short game and then go back to my apartment. And I text him. I was like, Hey, what's your email? I'll send you the notes and the lesson. So he calls me. He's like, Hey Colton, like we've been talking, you know, you seem like a great guy. You're really um, motivated. You've got a great work, work ethic. Uh, have you ever considered turning pro? And I was like, yes, like, absolutely. I've always wanted to. Let's go, baby. (laughs) And so he goes, well, we would like to sponsor you. And my heart just dropped. And I was like, amazing. You would like to sponsor me. And so (laughs) right away, I was like, I, I love that idea. I just want to let you know, it's very, very expensive. And so we kind of talked about the finance and stuff like that. And so he's like, why don't we have a meeting? We'll talk about it and then we'll go from there. So we go have lunch the next day. And the following day after our lunch, I was supposed to get on a flight to go do an interview at Kent State to be the oh, men's okay. And so we're having this um, lunch. Anyways, we sign a contract. Um, he's going to wow. sponsor me for two years with an option of a third year. And so I was like, sweet, I'm quitting my job. Like, let's go that's I called, it i called up ken state and i was like hey i'm not coming yep. i'm turning pro and see so you boys. Was, see you boys <laughs> yeah exactly he was great about it and so he's like dude honestly go follow your dreams like couldn't be happier for you and that's so awesome. i quit my job about a week later and then i moved out here to scottsdale and so my journey didn't really start until three years after so the time that I thought I was going to be practicing and stuff like that, getting my game ready, like as a college coach, you just don't really have that option. You're so busy with the team, getting everything ready for trips. Like you're a lot busier than you think. And so I practiced here and there, but not a lot. And Mm -hmm. so for that 2019 year, it took me a few months to kind of get my feet underneath me. And I kind of struggled at the start. But I kind of caught fire at the end of 2019 and, and had some good results. And then I was like, all right, like I can do this. Mm-hmm. And so just been, uh, just been playing since. So yeah. I'm then, very, very fortunate. And then COVID hit and you're like, dang <laughs> it. <laughs> COVID hit. Yeah, man. I, so 
in 2019, I didn't sign up for corn for a Q school because I just didn't feel like my game was in a position to get me all the way through. Uh-huh. And so I look back and I'm actually happy that I didn't play because I don't think I would have made it. Um, but last year was a bummer because I was playing well. I was ready for Q school. I had it at Wigwam, which is here in Arizona. Oh, um, man. And I was ready to go. And then boom, COVID hit and that shut down that Q school. So it kind of delayed my journey by one year, but um, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, it gave you, it gave you that much more time to, you know, kind of work on your game and, you know, it just kind of get to where you want to be at. So, I mean, it's kind of, kind of a, you know, maybe a blessing in disguise, but I mean, it does suck that you were, you know, you were playing such great golf 2019 and then just messed everything up, man. (laughs) And so yeah, COVID hit. And then I was like, man, what am I going to do this summer? Like, obviously I'm not playing McKenzie tour Q school. I'm not really going to have anything in the summertime that's going to kind of elevate me to the next level. So I was like, all right, right, I'm going to go, I'm going to go play every Monday. Mm -hmm. And so dude, that is a grind. It's brutal. I mean, with after COVID too, because it used to be whatever it is, 156 guys for eight spots. Well, then COVID hit, they reduced it to four spots. And so it just made it that much more challenging. And so I was going to these Mondays and you've got to shoot six seven eight under par to even get in the top four right it's just a grind and uh i played the colorado monday queue and i missed by one and i was just like man that that was it that was my shot like Mm -hmm. i missed it blah 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 and so went into texas played more monday queues obviously missed there and i was like god this sucks and then my final one that i was gonna play in 2020 was in nebraska and i won the qualifier and got into the pinnacle bank championship so let's go it was pretty sweet so how was that experience talk about that experience it was great it was uh i was more nervous stepping up on that first tee of the practice round with all the guys kind of around me watching me Uh and uh you know played the practice round with a good friend of mine george cunningham who played Mm -hmm. arizona with me oh yeah i've heard of him yeah yeah great player really nice guy and played practice around with him and then another friend of mine, Dylan Wu. And uh, oh, I've heard of him too. Yeah. 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 And kind of settled in. And what's crazy is that week, I wasn't that nervous other than that because I just felt like I had belonged out there. Mm-hmm. And it was a different kind of experience because I, I remember talking to my caddy and I was thinking, like, man, I'm not that nervous. And I thought I was going to be extremely nervous, but I was just walking out there just felt like I belonged. And ever since yeah. then, that's the only thing I've wanted is I've wanted to get back to the corn Ferry tour. Cause that's the only way I'm going to get to the PGA tour right now. And so that's just, uh, that's obviously the ultimate goal is to get out there. And I just know once I'm out there, you know, there's so many guys in mini tour, McKenzie tour, PGA tour, Latin America, China, everything like that. Yeah. They're all such good players. And if you got them on the corn Ferry tour or the PGA tour, they would succeed because mm-hmm. the games aren't that different. It's just, they played good at the right time. Right. So obviously, obviously they're out there now. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But it was a, it was a great experience. I, I played pretty well. Um, ball striking wasn't quite there, but I chipped in on the last and I thought it was to make the cut. And so obviously like I'm celebrating caddies, you know, celebrating everything like that. And then the worst part was I teed off in the morning. So I went back to the hotel room and I'm just on the rest of the day, just uh-huh. and updating. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm one guy out. Yeah. Oh my, I'm three guys out. 
I'm two. And then I ended up missing by two guys. Oh, I so, see. Missed cut by one, but yeah. uh, no, it was it was but, a great experience. But you were there. You played in the event. I mean, that's a big deal to get into it. You know, to Monday into an into an event like that. I mean, that's that's big, man. So and and you know, I want to I want to go back to where how you felt like you belong there. And you know, I I've, I haven't seen many many tour events or anything, but when I went to the Bigger Shield Open and. I watched, I, I think I watched you a little bit the second day. I got some pictures of you and, you know, I was kind of uh, more so following you on the last day. And I mean, the way you, you, you know, the way you carry yourself and walk and just, just the way you look, man, I mean, you're a <laughs> unit, man, just a big dude, dude, a strong guy just kills the ball. has a great, I mean, great short game. And I mean, a, one thing I got to touch on is you hit this wicked two iron off the tee, you tee it up, you tee it up like a driver and just hits this stinger, man. It's just like, I've never seen anything like that. I mean, have you always had that shot? I mean, or how'd you even get that shot in your arsenal there? So that shot everyone freaks out about because no one's seen it. I mean, I tee that thing higher than I tee my driver. Oh, it's up and there, man. So, um, I put the three iron in the bag in 2020 and, um, it just comes off with no spin. So it's not a great club to hit into par fives, but mm -hmm. I was like, man, I could really utilize a shot off the tee. And my ultimate goal is to play over in Europe and play on the European tour as well. Oh, and so great. I would love to hit like a knockdown. And so who I had caddy for me at the Pinnacle Bank Championship was a buddy of mine, Corey Cottrell. Anyways, he was here in Arizona in the wintertime and he was showing me this shot. And he was like, dude, have you ever seen anyone like tee the ball up really high? back the stance and then hit down on it and just kind of trap it with zero spin. And I was like, no, I haven't really seen that. So he kind of showed me the shot and then I've kind of taken it from there. And dude, it is, it's saved me so many shots. You have no idea. Cause if there's ever a nervous situation or I just need to hit the fairway, that's a shot that I go to all of the time because I just hit this trap draw, usually draws like 15 yards and it always finds the fairway. And what's great is it comes off with zero spin. So it rolls forever. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's one of the cooler shots that I've personally seen. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's, I've never seen anybody do, you know, I've seen people on the range, you know, mess around and do it, but I mean, like you, you purposely do it on the tee. And I was just like, like I was standing back, like, all right, let's see where this one goes, and just, just a laser down the fairway. I'm like, yeah. oh wow, this is pretty sick. So, yeah, hole, uh, hole two at Bakersfield was the par five that they converted into a yeah. par four. Yeah, and all the fairways out there ran all know, day, firm. and mm -hmm. so a lot of guys were hitting like three wood and stuff like that. And I would just step up with my, you know, three iron tee it super high, hit it right down the left side and it kind of catch that slope and it would just take off and it'd That's go perfect. past the three woods. And they're like, dude, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> that was so sick. And yeah. so, um, yeah, no, it's, it's a really cool shot. Yeah, it's so cool, man. I think that's great that you have that shot. And I mean, like you said, whenever you get in a situation, I personally for myself, I, I have a hybrid. I love my hybrid. If it ever breaks, I'd be so screwed because like you said, you get in situ certain situations where you're like, I know this is going to find the fairway. So yeah. that's great that you're able to have that shot. I think anybody that, you know, that's listening to this, if you can find a shot that you know that's going to go in the fairway, 
it's great to whip it out, you know, whenever you need it in case you feel yeah. some pressure out of bounds, whatever it may be. But uh, yeah, I that, just remember, I remember seeing that. That was awesome. Yeah. That dude, that week, uh, that week was tough, man. That golf course yeah. was set up so hard. I have not put it on greens that fast in a very, very long time. And what stupid was hard that week was it felt like, you know, it was the golden state major championship. Mm -hmm. And it actually felt like a major mm -hmm. and it was really cool. Cause I walked around that entire week and I was, I just kept so composed and calm and, you know, I played very smart. I played aggressive when I needed to be. Um, but just kind of like what you said that week, I felt like I walked around just felt feeling like I belonged. And yeah. even if, you know, something didn't go my way, I stayed very, very calm. And, mm -hmm. uh, that, that was what was cool and even after um you know I, I finished the way I did I wanted to win the golf tournament and I finished pretty poorly mm -hmm. and I signed my scorecard I'm obviously really upset that I just didn't win the golf tournament and then um the guy that was doing the news comes mm -hmm. up to me and asks for an interview and I'm heartbroken I'm like I wanted to win this tournament of course right and so uh he's like talking to me and then I don't know. I just kind of felt like a professional. I was like, all right, a professional would handle this in the correct way. And mm -hmm. so I kind of just, you know, collected my thoughts and I just talked to him as if like, it wasn't that big of a deal, even though inside I was pretty bummed and upset, mm -hmm. but, um, kind of just going back to what you said, I just felt like I, I stayed in the moment that entire week. Yeah. And I think, you know, I told, you know, after the tournament, I told my dad, you know, I talked to you know, him told him about Colton Lapa, you know, this guy, you know, he's, I think he's a real deal and everything. And like you said, you know, it wasn't the finish that you, that you wanted. And, you know, you had the lead going into, you know, the last four or five holes and, you know, it just didn't, it didn't work out in your favor and any golfer would have been, you know, just madder than hell. And, you know, wouldn't, have, wouldn't have cared, would have been just blown everything off. But I mean, the amount of class you have, I think is just, you know, that's amazing. You don't see that a lot in guys. And, after the round, like you said, you went and you signed a scorecard and you did your interview and thing. And I mean, you, it, you kind of, you kind of came up to him and was like, Hey man, you got any of the pictures, you know, send them my way. I'd love to have them. I just, I was like, no, this guy just had a rough finish. And, you know, he's over here, you know, he's doing the interview. He's kind of, you know, telling me, you know, any pictures you got just, I mean, that, sh that spoke volumes on the kind of person you are, man. So um, I, I, I think that's great. That's one amazing trait that you have there. And Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, man. And uh, all right. So I guess we got to uh, get back here to some of the questions <laughs> I got. But uh, um, so we're going to take a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors. What you know, you're looking for all these Q schools that you're going to and everything. What, what kind of tournaments do you mainly target when when scheduling out your year? Yeah, so I usually um, I try and prep everything for the bigger events. So if I've got a um, a tournament that's obviously playing for more money and stuff like that. I'll probably play something local here in mm -hmm. Arizona. They have the outlaw tour. Yeah. So I'll play the outlaw tour and kind of get my game to a place where I think it's ready to compete at the next level. Mm -hmm. And so, um, usually looking at tournaments, I try and get everything to peak at the right moment. So even in practice, I do the same thing. So if a tournament is, we'll call it two weeks out that, uh, first week is just fundamentals and grinding on the range, Got it. getting everything ready. And then the week prior to the tournament, I like to play a lot. It's just not that much time on the range. It's learning how to, to score again. Mm -hmm. It's seeing the ball go in. It's, it's seeing those num um, under par numbers. Yeah. And so I'll kind of 
always try and peak my game. And that's, I've kind of learned that from my first swing coach. He worked with Hank Haney. Oh, well, yeah, he was working with Tiger Woods at the time. Oh, yeah. And so that's always how Tiger Woods did it. He was always peaking for Augusta. And mm-hmm. even in tournaments that he was playing um, on the PJ Tour, he was trying shots to get him ready for Augusta and to get him ready for the majors. And that's kind of the way I've adapted it is I'm always trying to play in either mini tours or, you know, games around here in Arizona to always get my game ready and peaking for the bigger events. So mm-hmm. um, as far as Monday cues, you know, you just got to go out there and, and shoot the best you can shoot the round of your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then as far as the mini tours, stuff like that, um, I, I try and play something local if I'm getting ready to go out and, and travel and play a different event. Awesome. Got it. Sweet, man. And, you know, I think that's great that you know, you, you plan not only a week in advance, but the, you know, two weeks in advance, you're working on your fundamentals, you know, tightening everything up, getting back on the course, getting those numbers in, getting those under par rounds. Cause obviously, you know, that's what's going to win tournaments. And right. um, so I think that's great that, I mean, you have it so far planning in advance and it seems like you manage your time very well. I mean, that's gotta be, and that's a trait I'm sure you learn not only, you know, from professional golf, but college golf as well. And even before, I mean, that's, you got to have amazing time management and throughout playing golf, if you want to play at many different levels. So that's great that you have that as well. Yeah, exactly. I learned a lot of that in college golf because everything is so um, structured and yeah. everything is such on a time base. And then um, just as I've grown in my career, I'm now, let's see, I turned pro in the summer of 19 so I'm coming up on two years of playing Mm -hmm. and I'm continuing to learn a little bit more about myself every single week and so it's just surrounding a team around me right now to Mm -hmm. help me perform at my next level so yeah that's awesome and uh, I mean so you have you know your two weeks that you're prepping for your tournament stuff you know what does an off week look like for you I mean do you kind of take a couple days off from the grind or are you still you know are you still going at it yeah so uh, obviously I just finished Q school and mm-hmm. so yeah. I took, uh, I took the weekend off. I took two days off and then now I'm back in the grind. So I've got April's pretty easy for me, but, mm-hmm. um, if we're looking at just a easy example, um, I like to get my body in a position where it's ready to perform. So, you know, when you're traveling, you're eating a lot of junk food and you're just yeah. not going to the <laughs> nicest places. And so yeah. this, uh, I've got about a week and a half until the Vegas Monday queue. And so I'm using this time to get in the gym every single day. I'm working with my mental coach at least once a week. Um, right now I'm in the phase of like structuring a lot of my practice, just fundamentals. So grinding on my swing, grinding on new short game shots, grinding on um, just technique. And then obviously working with the putter quite a bit. So yeah. right now it's a lot of fundamentals and then, as we get into the next week, I'll be playing basically every single day. And then I'm going to leave on Friday or so to go out to Vegas and get ready for that. So that's kind of how I structure it. Everyone's a little bit different. And I've just found recently, this is what works for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Basically since the start of 2021, I'm very um, motivated and committed to everything that I'm doing. So I'm always waking up at the same time. I'm always going to the gym at the same time. I'm usually getting to the golf course around the same time. And then that's just how I am. And I think I got a little bit from college golf. And then my fiance is like really structured planner, stuff like that. And so I got a little bit of that from her. 
And I just like it. I just like knowing, okay, this is when I'm going to wake up every single day. Yeah. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and I just like having a structured plan. Yeah, of course. And yeah, I'm sure there's guys that, you know, they just kind of, oh, whenever I wake up, I go to this, I go to this, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. and I feel like if, you know, if I were to ever do it the way you're doing, it, I think that would be, that's the best way to go about it. Because I mean, you, you want to be disciplined enough to go out there, put the time and put the, you know, put the work in, because I mean, if you want to see results, you ultimately have to do that. So um, yeah. I think, you know, for any of the listeners out there that are, you know, wanting to go play pro and stuff, I mean, really plan things out and, you know, just stay structured as much as possible. So I think yeah. that's great that you do that. Yeah. And I didn't, and I've said this, I didn't do that when I first turned pro, it was wake up, maybe go to the golf course at this time, mm-hmm. you know, practice some of the stuff, go play, blah, blah, blah. But I never had like a plan or a direction. <laughs> like I would get to the golf course and I would throw headphones in and, you know, I would do drills, but I wasn't like fully engaged into what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's changed. So I've thrown the headphones out. I never use them at the golf course and I'm only focused on what I'm doing in that moment. And then, you know, whatever come up comes else with the day, mm-hmm. I'll focus on that later. I just, I'm trying to stay in the now. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And you want to practice efficiently. I mean, you want to, you want you don't want to just go there bang balls for a couple hours and you're like, okay, you know, what did I even really work on? You know, you just kind of went out there and bang balls. So um, yeah, I think, you know, continue to do that. It's you're only going to become a better player from doing that. You touched, you know, you just finished up, you know, McKenzie Q school and stuff, which you earned, you know, you earned um, your card and everything for the McKenzie tour. Kind of talk about how excited you are for that. And, you know, how, how, you know, are you looking forward to that? I'm sure you are. Yeah, no, I am. I, uh, there's a lot of uh, uncertainty right now with the McKenzie tour, just as far as um, the borders in Canada mm-hmm. and the United States, but yeah. it sounds like they're going to try and have a season up there. So um, I got kind of lower end conditional status, still got mm-hmm. my card. So yeah, I'm trying to get into as many events as I can. And if I don't, I'm probably going to go up there and Monday qualify. Mm-hmm. I feel like the best opportunity right now is through that and so (laughs) if they have the opportunity to go monday or if i get into the event that's my only way to the corn ferry tour or possibly getting past first stage or even getting an exempt into final stage and so that's pretty much all i'm kind of gearing up for right now i've kind of my summer schedule pretty open usually by now i've i've had everything planned out i have my summer schedule kind of set but I'm just waiting for the McKenzie tour to release their schedule and um, I'm going to go up there and, and obviously play the best I can so I can get onto the corn Ferry tour, but no, I'm very excited. Um, I'm just excited to, again, kind of get out there, get playing against the best players I can and uh, seeing how my game kind of matches up to them. Of course. Yeah. And, you know, so you're really looking forward to that and everything, you know, what, what are some goals that you have maybe just for yourself and for your future, maybe in the next, you know, two, three, you know, maybe four or five years. I mean, what, what are yeah. some of your goals? The kind of the path, obviously there's a, there's no direct path, but kind right. of what I'm envisioning in my head is, is if we have a McKenzie tour season, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to play the best I can. Yeah. Try and finish top five, top 10 on the money list, and then either get exempt into second final stage or get my card. That's yeah. kind of one of my goals. Um, the other goal is I'm going to play Corn Ferry Q School this fall. Um, but another big goal is I'm also going to go over and play European Tour Q School. Um, so yeah, let's go. That's uh, that's a big one for me. I 
I love golf over there. Mm-hmm. My fiance is from Scotland. And so Great. if I was able to get my European tour card, I think we would look at the possibility of possibly living in Europe and mm-hmm. kind of fixing ourselves there. And I think it would just be, you know, I'm, I'm turning 27 tomorrow and I'm still tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Happy early birthday, man. Yeah, Let's thanks. go. So I'm still, you know, I'm still in my twenties. Like I don't have a family yet. This is the opportunity to go experience life somewhere else. And so I would love to go play over on the European tour. I know the ultimate goal is going to be the PGA tour, but as far as right now, I would love to go over there and, and travel Europe and, you know, hopefully have her with me. And I think yeah. it would be, I think it would be a really cool life experience for both of us, um, especially with her kind of knowing her way around. And um, she's based out of St. Andrews in Scotland. Oh that's, yeah. That's her, uh, that's her home course. I and wonder so- if she knows, I played junior college with a guy that was, um, he was a member at St. Andrews and he was a junior club championship there. I don't know if um, uh, you could ask her, uh, I don't know if she knows Ben Kinsley, but um, I'll ask. Dude, that guy. Yeah. I, I know it's funny. Cause um, he's played St. Andrews probably hundreds of times. So that's yep. so funny that she's in yep. there too. That's so cool. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty wild. Um, if you're, in the town of St. Andrews, it's okay. only 500 pounds to be a member oh, at wow. their club and you get okay. seven courses. Could you imagine if you went up to a private country club in the United States that had seven courses and handed them $500? I, that's like, a smoking deal. Yeah. They'd be like, dude, like, no, like go away. And for them <laughs> to have that opportunity over there, I think is really cool. Um, and I've got to play the old course, uh, two Christmases ago and it was it was a blast and uh I just feel like the the style of golf over there kind of fits with my game a little bit um so that's kind of my goal obviously be a European tour member but the ultimate goal is the PGA tour so of course in four to five years I'll be 32 I would like to have a family by then I'd like to be on the PGA tour and uh when you turn the TV on they're talking about me there you go, man. And you're very Brooks Kepka S. So I mean, hey man, he went he went that route. So let's go, you know, cold lap, but let's go, baby. So yeah, absolutely. I mean you know, I wish you nothing but the best on that journey, man. And I, you know, I have no doubt in my mind that you're gonna give it all you got. And um that's it's gonna be so fun going to Scotland and stuff and playing that kind of golf over there. Yeah, I can't wait. I've already uh I know Port's goal uh was first stage and that was usually in October. So mm-hmm. as far as like gearing up my game, that's gonna be one of the big things for me is the end of summer i'm going to be gearing up my game basically to get head over to portugal awesome sweet man that's that's amazing i mean like yeah. i said i wish you nothing but the best and that i'll watch your results and stuff and um yeah that's great and so moving on to the next segment of the show i like to call the friday so it's just a you know ask some fun questions out here and uh, you know just kind of hear what colin lapa's response would be for this so first one is if you had a dream for some who would be in it it would be uh, i thought about this it'd be tiger woods mm-hmm obviously and then uh i'm i'm not a huge celebrity guy so these are kind of all golfers so okay yeah jordan spieth and brooks kepka there you go uh, dude when i turn on my tv and spieth's on there's something about it man he moves the needle and uh, i love the style he plays he plays aggressive and i i love the quotes that he has in media Mm -hmm. it's a lot with what i kind of strive to do yeah Uh, 
And then obviously Brooks Kepka is a freaking unit. So. Yeah, he is. Hey man, I mean, you know, George, you know, Spieth, you got the, you know, he's a classy guy. You got Brooks Kepka, he's an absolute unit, man. And I mean, in my eyes, man, you got him both. So hey, you're you're set, man. You're set. And then I mean, Tiger, Tiger, yeah. greatest all time. I mean, that's what you he doesn't know. want to play with Tiger Woods. Exactly. I mean, hundred percent. And uh, I story, my fiance Lauren, she played with Tiger Woods. Oh, did she? Yeah. Oh, did she? Was it like a um a Nike it, deal? Dude, she is gonna know Ben Kinsley because Ben Kin- <laughs> Ben Ben Kinsley played in that exact same thing, and oh. that is so funny, man. Yeah, small world. Yeah, because um, I, I whenever I met Ben, he was because I've looked on his Instagram and he has pictures of you know they're decked out Nike gear head to toe yep. walking with Tiger, and I'm like, dude, that's so sick. But that's yeah. funny that she did that too, and she never talks about it. I'm like, how do you not bring that up in every conversation? I would oh. be like, yeah, like it's really cool. Like I played with Tiger Woods. <laughs> like, oh. yeah. yeah, people ask you know what's your favorite golf? Like, I played with Tiger Woods. You know, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. That's the, that's the first thing you say yeah seriously that's hilarious but so i you know i um i previously recorded with joe fryer i asked him this question who would win in a match straight up between you and joe fryer you know so how 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 do you how do you think you and him would go uh straight up match if i don't answer myself like what do we even do love it i love it i would hope that he would answer the exact same way because i wouldn't expect anything less yeah well Um, you know you know he he um you know from my from what i remember i don't i think he said it would it would actually have to happen you know he he said it'd be split decision honestly yeah no he's a he's a great player i've played with him obviously i texted with you a little bit Mm -hmm. but i brought him out to my golf course and in my opinion and a lot of guys opinion it's the hardest golf course in arizona and dude, he absolutely just striked it around there. It was really impressive. So he's always been a guy that uh, his game is very impressive. And I played with him in the Sedona Open mm-hmm. and first holes par five. He hits driver right down the middle. And it's kind of a tough par five. Second shot in, he hits this high towering four iron to like four feet. And I was like, God, you're good. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's crazy. His swing and his demeanor and everything like that. He just reminds me so much of Louis Oosthuizen. It's yep. crazy. I've yep. thought that every single time I play with him, and I will continue to think that. But no, he's got a lot of game, and there's no doubt in my mind that he'll also go to the next level. Definitely. And so, you know, going to my next question here, I guess, you know, we'll kind of jump around a little bit. But since you said, you know, Joe Fry reminds you reminds you of Louis Oosthuizen. You know what PGA tour what PGA tour player do you know do people say you remind you remind them of you know or do you have one that you kind of relate yourself to? Yeah, I uh, I think personally I have a little bit of John Rahm in me. Okay, uh, we have a little bit of different moves, but I have a very short swing. Mm-hmm. I've dislocated my left shoulder three times, and so oh. it's very very short. Um, the only thing that we kind of do a little bit differently is he has a lot of bow in mm-hmm. that, that wrist yeah. and it's obviously something I'm trying to work towards, but with the shortness of my swing, um, it doesn't get anywhere close to parallel. Um, I'm trying to bow my wrist. We kind of have the same move through the ball. So mm-hmm. I would say John Rom, um, as far as swing, and then hopefully one day I can chip as well as him. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, he he's a great player, man. You know, I instantly thought whenever I first saw, I was like, dude, this is a lefty Brooks Kepka. I mean, this guy is just, I mean, dude, just built, man, and just kills the ball. And you know, and I, your iron game's great. Just whenever I was watching you, and um, you know, I think 
Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I mean, that's nice that I mean, you probably I mean, you played against John Rahm, you know, yeah. you know he played ASU, you play U of A. And uh, that's really nice that you're able to kind of see, you know, him and back in his prime and college days and stuff and playing. So that's really cool that you're able to kind of compare yourself to him. He's he's super impressive. A lot of guys like don't understand how good of a chipper of the ball he is. Everything around the green, he will chip it to three feet. It's wow. it's seriously so impressive. Um, but as far as guys that I've ever played with, I would say he's obviously one of the guys that was like, wow, like that was really impressive. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, just the shortness of the swing, that would be the one I would kind of compare myself to. Awesome. So I love asking this question because it's just, you know, it may happen. You never know. So let's say you hit a shot in a pond. It's sitting in the mud. You know, you can see your ball. You can go down in there and hit your shot. So are you making the decision to go down there, you know, strip down, you know, underwear, skivvies, you know, we're talking underwear here. Would you go down there to hit your shot to save your round, whether you're winning or not? I'd go swim with the gators. Yeah, you're going, <laughs> huh? Totally, you're going. I would totally take it off. And uh, yeah, I'd go hit it. A funny story about this is, we were playing a high school match. It was probably my junior year. And it's a par five, little dog leg, right? Mm-hmm. And I had to drive up there and the ball's sitting in the grass, but I had to get in the pond. And mm-hmm. so I take my shoes off and I left shorts on, left shirt on, because it was just kind of like knee height. And okay. so it's kind of a baseball type swing. And uh, I make a swing and as on the downswing, I'm coming into it, my foot slips oh, with no. the ball. And I literally went swimming in oh. the full tilt all the way back in teammates around the tee box watching all of this. And I was oh, like, Oh man. my God, let really just do this. And <laughs> it was the, it was the first hole of the day. And oh so wow. I was like, as you know, as a junior golfer, you're like, Oh, this sucks. Yeah. But I was like, wow. This is going to be a really long day. Soaking but, wet already. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I would totally do it. And another funny story, we were at Q school and the guy I was playing with, he had a very similar situation. His ball oh, okay. was yeah. in the mud. Um, we're at Q school, we're making the turn and, uh, he takes off his shoes. He rolls up his pant leg and he looks at his shirt and he goes, guys, like, this is going to get all over me. Yeah. And so we're kind of by the range. So he, he's kind of a bigger guy. And so he takes his shirt off and nice. now the whole range is watching him. Nice. And I'm looking at him like, wow, are we really doing this? <laughs> <laughs> this is it right here. That- this is, uh, there I've never go. seen this live. And so, yeah, he took the shirt off, man. He rolled the pants up and he got it on the green. It was pretty sick, but it, was, right. uh, it was funny. The whole range was watching and it was pretty impressive. But uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I would take it all off if it saved a shot. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I love hearing the responses. And, you know, it, it, it'll sneak up on you. You never know, man. I mean, you, you need to know. get down there and dirty and, you know, hit a shot. <laughs> But uh, so, you know, you talked about you played baseball a little bit before playing golf. If you had to play another sport besides golf, would you play baseball or would you play a different sport? I'd play baseball. Baseball, yeah. uh, I'd be a pitcher as well. Because if you think about it, you pitch once and then you get what, like four or five days off. Chilling. I'm going to go play golf. Yeah, exactly. Millions and millions of dollars doing that. Oh. So as far as other sports, uh, it would definitely be baseball. I've always enjoyed it. I still have my glove and baseball and I'll go throw it around. And to me, I find it kind of like therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so, yeah, if I had to play another sport, I'd be a pitcher in the MLB for sure. Definitely. I mean, that's, you know, I say the same things. I miss playing base. I, I play baseball growing up too. And um, I, I miss playing baseball as well. And um, yeah. were you, were you lefty or righty pitcher? Righty. 
right okay righty nice nice yeah. yeah that's that would have been the dream job man being a being an mlb pitcher but uh yeah i totally agree with you i think that'd be a great way to go about it but they um, make so much money too it's they great. do oh yeah well then like you said you know on your you know you pitch your game do your business and then oh, i'm gonna go you know mess around play yeah. some golf might as yeah. well what a dream yeah and then i mean a lot of those other guys i mean you're gonna be playing baseball with you know, a lot of other MLB players and stuff like that. So it'd just be a blast getting out there and grinding with so them. So but uh, so heading into the last question I have for you, kind of kind of like the, you know, the mud, you know, you have to really get kind of evaluate the situation a little bit, but would you rather play with someone who's painfully slow or someone that's on track to shoot a hundred? So they could be playing, you know, they could be shooting a hundred, but it could be really fast. Or would you rather be playing with somebody that's, you know, shooting round of their life? but they're just stupid slow. Oh, man. Well, there's a few of those guys on the mini tours. So <laughs> but uh, yeah. no, I I think I'd go with probably the 100 because I assume you could probably laugh at a few shots. That's not, true. Yeah. Not Be humorous. Respectful, but like, you know, it would kind of be funny in yeah. a way. Yeah. Um, I don't really, I hate slow golf. It's just yeah. one of those things that it just, bugs me driving up the wall so as long as they're playing somewhat quick and they're shooting 100 i don't really care i'll probably enjoy it i'll watch them and uh i'd probably say that yeah i i'd have to go the same thing i hate playing slow man i love playing fast and if there's you know even if i'm playing bad i'm gonna play fast just to get out of everybody's way so that's just the way to go man but uh yeah so that'll wrap up this week's episode of scrambling with Dolanato featuring colton lapa colton thank you so much for coming on man Dylan, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, best of luck with the podcast. I love it. Awesome. Thank you, man. And like I said, best of luck with uh, everything that you're doing. And uh, I'll keep an eye out on you. Sweet. Sounds thank good. You. Alrighty. Have a good one, everybody. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto. Just want to let you guys know I create an Instagram for the podcast called Scrambling Podcast. You can head over there, follow for updates on the episodes, as well as material that I'll be talking about in the episodes like videos or photos. So you can check them out there and get a little more insight on the episodes. Thanks again for listening and have a good one.